Welcome to Midpoint, OCC's midweek podcast aimed at helping you connect with last week's message and prepare you for next week's sermon. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to Midpoint, your midweek connection to Orchards Community Church. I'm Wesley, the children's pastor here, and last weekend, Pastor James, who is with me here today... I'm in the room. Yes, talked us through Acts 10, 34 through 48, salvation for all who believe. Um, this one was uh, kind of a fun... Um, there's a lot here in this, Yes, but also it's, it's fairly direct, yeah. and so... There wasn't, a, uh, at least, I mean, I didn't write the sermon. I only heard it, but uh, there wasn't a lot of rabbit trails of yeah. stuff that that uh, could be distracting. Well, I shouldn't say the word is ever distracting. No, but, uh, but I, I get what you're saying. That There's a lot of times you, you want to preach truly. If you have an outline that has five points, that's great. You want it to be a one-point sermon. You're like, there's got to be one strong takeaway. And this had that. There's yeah. like, you know, do you understand what salvation is? That's the thing yep. you're trying to take away here. Yep, yep. Yeah, uh, so um, I mean, we kind of are are already in it, but I I just always like starting starting off with uh, just what kind of led you to go through the passage the way you yeah. did this weekend. I I think a lot of it had to do Wesley with you know, we had a staff retreat over the weekend with our ministry council guys that was very very good. The night before that, we had a leader training thing, and trying to to help people plug into spots where they can truly be servant leaders, but. In preparing for both those, I just done a ton of research, which was not new to me. I'd heard this before, but just kind of been smacked in the face again with this reality that here in America, for sure, Christianity, if you want to broadly define it, is declining. Like the number of people who just say they're Christ followers is declining. Now, I would also say the number of people who say they're Christ followers, a lot of them don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. that's really mm-hmm. where we landed here. There are plenty of people who say they're Christ followers because they're American. There are plenty of people who say yeah. they're Christ followers because they go to church. Yeah. And and our boy Cornelius last week was a God-fearing man who prayed and gave stuff away, but that doesn't make him a Christ follower. Only one thing truly does, professing faith in Jesus. And so that's where I was like, well, that's got to be the takeaway. We got, you know, and so with all the other things and in Peter's uh, sermon, there was good stuff. And there were rabbit trails. And again, it's not distracting, but you could have spent a whole lot of time talking about even the the notion of the gospel expanding. And now you don't have to become a Jewish proselyte to become a Christ follower. Like we could have spent a lot of time on that, but that wasn't the big takeaway. That was just, you know, contextually part of the sermon. So that's where I really landed was, hey, do people understand? And when we got great questions... That helped me see I should have been even more clear, you know, at least for one person who submitted a question to, to understand this is what belief means. So that's why I feel like I went the direction I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And and it was it was very clear. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think there's there's an interesting part about less people saying that they're they're a Christ follower. Well, and they wouldn't say they're a Christ follower. Uh, the question probably is, do you believe in God? Yeah. I mean, that's that's probably the yeah. The, the way I, that question is phrased. I don't know where they go out and do these yeah, surveys. It's either. never in Lewiston, Idaho, because nobody's ever asked me. But yeah. <laughs> I, I was standing in Spokane a couple weeks ago, and somebody came up, and it wasn't this deal. I can't remember the name of the group. We were standing at Spokane Falls with Christina's mom while we were up there for baseball, and somebody came up, and it was two young people, and they were handing out dollars to people. I saw them doing it, and they're like, we'll give you a dollar if you give us your best advice. And I was like, this is a weird deal. I was like, hey, I don't need the dollar, but the advice part is easy. You got to know Jesus. (laughs) And they were like, they they seemed kind of stunned by my answer and even more stunned that I didn't take the dollar. And I was like, I hope that planted some kind of seed. (laughs) But but I don't know who does these surveys. Mm -hmm. And in that, if somebody came and asked, yeah, that's that's too 
general a question. Do you believe in God? I think a lot of people believe there's something bigger than themselves, but they could call that a lot of things. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, but I think that the this information that that they you know whatever however accurate it is for the sample, I think it it is revealing of something. Yes, it definitely changes the way we do ministry. Oh, of course, which yeah. is a conversation we've been having a lot. A lot, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but there for whatever, and I'll, to try and summarize it, there there just seems to be a general malaise towards things of Christ. You know, it used to be much more widely accepted. Hey, you go to church and and you do good things morally, and yeah, you know, and we just live in a time and a culture where that's not the same that it used to be for sure. So. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And and the initiating that conversation. Um, shifts shifts to yeah. the way that... Well, and I think it makes it... We have to be more intentional about starting conversations like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you already mentioned it, but um, we do get a really great question. Yeah. Um, um, uh, I guess sort of a clarifying question from the sermon, yeah. um, but a really good one. And, and here it is. Help me understand how belief is the only requirement for salvation and not repentance also. Uh uh, she mentioned that she loved the example of the thief on the cross. Uh, however, thinking of Judas who betrayed Jesus, didn't he also believe in Jesus? Wouldn't the difference be between the thief on the in the on the cross and Judas? Isn't the difference repentance? Yeah, and, and I think that's a great question. And if you heard the sermon already, I tried to make that distinction between what biblical repentance truly is versus what a lot of people think repentance is, which I think that the notion we get, and, and maybe it's just from the goofy guy, you know, holding the sandwich board, repent for the end is near. And, and for whatever reason, we think repentance means we'll just stop sinning. And again, I, I know I said that in the sermon, if we could stop sinning on our own, we wouldn't need Jesus. We can't repent enough to be saved either. Repentance is important and it is part of salvation, but but the reality is it's the other side of the belief coin. It's, a, it's just a two-sided coin. And, and so I tried to define what repentance was in the sermon it's truly biblical repentance. Peter preached this earlier in Acts, in Acts chapter 2. He's addressing the crowd of people who were there when Pilate came out and said, hey, you got Jesus or Barabbas, who do you want? And they're like, well, release Barabbas and let's send Jesus to the cross. Those people made a mistake, right? And and so what Peter was preaching was you got to repent. You have to change your mind about who Jesus is. He's not the thief that you're supposed to go you know, crucify. He's our Savior who is going to conquer sin and death on the cross and, and rise again. And, and so repentance, truly, biblical repentance is that change of mind, change your mind about who Jesus is, that will result in a change of your action. And the action is professing faith in Christ. So it's, it's the other side of that belief coin. So is repentance necessary? Yeah. But not if repentance means stop sinning, because we can't do that on our own. Yeah. So that was the, the point I was trying to make, and if I didn't make it clearly enough, I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity now to kind of explain that. Judas's question is ancillary to this, but I mean, the reality is, I don't think Judas was ever a genuine believer. Yeah. And that, that'll come in, we had a question about, you know, can you lose your salvation or whatever. For somebody like Judas, I would say the thing that makes the most sense biblically, I don't know the guy, um, I think the thing that makes the most sense is he never actually professed faith. And that becomes really weird because he hung out with Jesus and the other dudes for three years. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, that's like, well, does somebody do that? Well, I think there's probably lots of people who do that. And we don't get to see hearts the way God does, and that still seems awfully weird to us, but I would believe that much more from a correlating scripture, from a theological standpoint, than the idea that he lost his salvation. 
because I don't believe we can do that. Mm-hmm. I think once you genuinely profess faith in Christ, you will not lose that salvation. And, and, and with that, and Scripture is honestly very, very clear on that. There are passages you know, that say, no one can snatch people from my Father's hand. He's the one who saves. Since we don't do any work to be saved, what work could we do to lose <laughs> our salvation? Yeah. Those, those things don't make sense. So with that, you know, and again, people will take um, their, their Scriptures that you can twist into knots and go, well, see, this would show that you can lose your salvation. I think people who want to address some of those scriptures and say you could lose your salvation, I don't think they're really thinking big picture because like with, with some of those, especially there's some passages in Hebrews that would say, well, if you lose your salvation, you're never going to get it back again. And nobody really wants to argue that, <laughs> that there are people who can't be saved. And, and I guess we could go down that path of, is there an unpardonable sin? Yes, if our sin is we are never going to profess faith. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. But, but in that, any other sin can be confessed and forgiven. This is what First yeah. John 1, 9, yeah. we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive our sins. So, so with that, that's the idea. If we're willing to confess it, God will forgive anything <laughs> that we've done. But, but truly, that, that's just the scary practical notion of, of can we lose our salvation. Well, with that, like what, if you think we could... What happens if you do something to lose your salvation and you step off the curb and get hit by a bus? Oh my gosh, you know, is is that how capricious God is? That like, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. No, there, I, there, there's a lot of nuance to a question. Yeah, like and that. I think, I mean, I think, you know, I think even, I mean, for me, um, even just Jesus saying it is finished. Yes, it's not like it is finished unless you, you know, <laughs> it's finished in, unless you, you know, unless you you do that stuff. But but for me, I think some of this this. That's a good question about the losing your salvation, and, and yeah. for me, I think there's also part of it that's like, like this is this is just the selfish side of me. I hope that guy's not saved, you know. Um, and uh, well, I'm glad but, you, I'm glad you said it out yeah. loud, so I didn't have to. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I I do like I yeah. I think that's part of of uh, why we feel that way. But um, I mean, you and I discussed yesterday. Thankfully, it's not that way because I mean. There's there's very potentially somebody feeling that way about me, yeah. and for good reason, <laughs> you know, you know, I've I've wronged plenty of people in my lifetime. Yeah. Um, Th- you know, there but will be. Thank God that's not the case. Well, we don't think about that a whole lot because, and, and legitimately, of course, I also don't know how it's going to play out. Um, I believe that we'll know people that we knew here on earth in heaven. I believe that's part of the deal. We're going to get that new body, but I think in some way it's going to at least resemble something like what we look like now because we're going to know people. Or maybe it's just the idea that we'll fully know the way God does, but it truly doesn't matter. What what you seem to see in Scripture is that it's not like I'm going to hit the the pearly gates. I don't think those are real. <laughs> I don't know what the entrance is going to look like, but I doubt Peter's up there with a, a list. But it's not like you're going to hit him and go, "Oh, there's Wesley." I think we're going to hit it, and we're going to be like, "Oh my gosh, there's Jesus," and that's going to be so intense for us that all those other things will be periphery things. Now I don't know if it's that way then for eternity. I, I really don't know how that goes. But I mean, there is a reality. You get the sense in Revelation where you do see some of the pictures of what heaven's going to look like. And like, we're going to get to work and serve and, and do these things that God is preparing us for here now. And so it's not all laying on clouds and harps and just adoring Jesus. Like, there's there's relationship there too. And I, I'm just, I'm super stoked to figure out what that looks like. But I, I really don't get that clear picture of it from Scripture. But that's the that's the reality that everybody who professes faith is going to be there, and I think we are going to be surprised at some of the people. <laughs> and, and again, I I say this just because I live now in an area that's two thousand miles away from where I grew up. Uh, but also, you know, as a young person before I professed faith, I was not a good person. And like people I went to high school with, uh, people I went to college with, for sure, 
like if they then didn't know about the change in my life and, and me becoming a Christ follower later, like if they just remember me from parties in college, <laughs> like if they wound up professing faith and and they see me, they're like, not that guy. <laughs> There's no way. Well, yeah, because that's how good God is. Mm-hmm. It's not anything special with me. Yeah. That's just how good God is. Yeah. Yeah, I remember uh um I, I don't I didn't see it and I can't, I can't remember the guy's name um, but there was the documentary about that um, serial killer um, Jeff Dahmer Jeffrey Dahmer yeah um, yeah and 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 I believe in one of the I I have not seen any of this mm-hmm. um, but I believe in part of the documentary it talks about how he later in his life professes faith um, and I remember I remember uh, that's yeah. gonna upset some people yeah <laughs> yeah and I and I remember like. After that happened, that was like one of the top searched yeah. things on Google. Like if 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 he was really saved, mm-hmm. and the truly the thing is, is we we don't really we don't know. know. Yeah. Um, um, but God totally can save somebody like that, and He saved somebody like Paul, and yeah. then did revolutionary things well, through Paul. And, and that's the thing, and I, and I don't want to in any way diminish horrible atrocities yes. that Jeffrey Dahmer mm-hmm. might have committed. But but again, Paul either killed people or supervised other people killing people. And yet he became Paul, you know? So is anybody ineligible? It looks like no. Do I like that? Oh, no. Yeah. No, I, yeah. <laughs> that's the part where we just got to yeah. be honest. I don't like that. And like say, if, if I was the family of, of a victim of, of Jeffrey Dahmer, do I want that guy in heaven? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Yeah. No, not a chance. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand. Yeah. And that's where when we start talking about, you know, we sing songs that sadly we've made trite over time, Amazing Grace, you know? Grace is amazing mm-hmm. <laughs> because we're not going to fully comprehend it here. And it's amazing because it's offered to people like the Apostle Paul and Jeffrey Dahmer. And and we just, we don't have that in us. You know, we are too fallen here on this planet to imagine offering grace to somebody like that. But that's the thing. Anyone who professes faith, genuine faith, saving faith, anyone who professes faith is saved. And like you say, it's not that God goes, ah, oh, except for that guy, you know. That's just not what you see in Scripture. And, and there are plenty of areas where I wrestle with Scripture and go, I wish it didn't say that, but it does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in the Gospel of John, it says, you know, you're not supposed to add to or take away. Revelation shows us. I mean, that's not my deal to say I wish that wasn't in there. I mean, although I've said it, my deal is if God says it, I'm going to believe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And even just the saved wretch like me, I mean, oh, gosh, especially yeah. in comparison to God, who is so good, yeah. is so good. If you were to chart that, if it was even possible, which it is not... Um, they would be God, and then way far away, you know, like I'm thinking of like one of those old, like those old printers that had the yeah, folding right. paper, you know, like we unfold it at the very end, we draw a line, yeah, and everybody else is on that, it's line. on that line, yeah, uh, and and good, good visual, to think yeah, yeah, that line is very narrow compared to how far we are away from God, uh, you know, so. But that's the thing that should help us from a comparison standpoint. I'm not comparing myself to this guy who drinks every day. I'm not comparing myself to this person who, from what I can tell, like makes great, great decisions every day. The comparison is my holy Savior. Mm-hmm. And so I know that I fall short. What does that mean? I have to fall on grace. I have to, to take this undeserved favor to even think about being in heaven because it's not something I'm going to come up with on my own. That's where the amazing grace comes in. So, Wow, this is a fun discussion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Hmm. Which question should we go to next? There's, there's two. Uh, what do we got for? Uh, we'll go. We'll go. To, I think this leads okay to my question. Yeah. So yeah. Which so was this, a very yeah. Good question. This is this is my question, and this is truly. I I hope that it helps somebody. 
this is something I really struggle with. Like I really, I really do struggle with with this. I struggle to see my uniqueness versus my sin yeah. and like how I can tell the difference. Oftentimes when I think like when I try to think of the things which I realize we're often blind sometimes to ourselves. Um, but when I think about my u- uniqueness and my sin, they just seem so closely tied. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking, I was glad that you gave me a heads up on that last night. And so I was thinking about that even as I went to bed last night. And I probably should have asked more clarifying yeah, questions yeah, then. I mean, I did uh, ask you late. So yeah, thank but, you for not calling me <laughs> in the middle of the night. Yeah. But, but with that, I mean, because like, is that. I think everybody has, and you could make a strong case theologically for this, a bent, and you could call mm-hmm. it a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. But because of the way we are uniquely made, fearfully and wonderfully made by God, we have a propensity to struggle with certain things more than others. And and everybody is uniquely wired that way. So is that kind of what you're asking about? Like, I'm bent towards this particular sin. Why does God bend me that way? Yeah, and yeah. also, I also just struggle, yes, and then like... Even uh, which you know, there there's some danger in this, but you know, even thinking about myself um, in eternity, I struggle to see who I am without sin. Yeah, like I, I really do. I really it's that's hard for me to think about. You know, like because my even the way that I'm I'm bent. Um, this this made me. This is probably gonna be a surprise to a lot of people. It's not a surprise to James of the type <laughs> of music I listen to. Uh, I have tried. You're gonna love this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really like metal. Yeah, and specifically metal where they scream, um, like extreme. Um, like I, it, like I really like it. Yeah. And I have tried for years to like change that, mm-hmm. and it it doesn't go away. You know, and I, um, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. That, can but I, can I can I share the quote that's written on Britain's um, yeah, board? Yeah, that's what I was about to do. That's what I was. That's what I was about. Oh, to good, do. you telling yeah, yourself yeah, that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, some I think I don't remember exactly what I said, um, but basically the quote on Britain's board is: "My life would be better if I like salads and Christian sandwich <laughs> and Chris, Christian music." Yeah, just my life would be so much salad sandwiches and Christian music make my life so much easier, so with, much easier. Wesley Swartz, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right there's the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 even that genre of music, like, um, like, and I've struggled, and I'm not going to go through my whole struggle with this no. type of music. Like, you know, like, am I? Is it because I'm angry? Is it, you know, and. and um, it's a roller coaster for me, and I'm, you know, depending on when you ask me, would change my my answer. Um, but there is a lot of bad yeah. in that genre of music, and of course, I know it. Yeah. And like now that I'm a parent, um, um, like obviously I'm just even more. But it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed that. Um, and it, like I really struggle with like, is this? Do I just like this because I'm sinful? Like, yeah. do I, you know, or is there? redeemable things yeah. that I like, you know? We, we've, I know we've had this, I know you and I have had this conversation before, and I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, and I stole this uh, terminology from a guy that I struggled with a little bit as a pastor, a guy named Mark Driscoll, uh, who I think is a great and sound theologian in some areas, and then is way off base. 
in other areas. Um, and, and you can, there was a great documentary out last year about some of the struggles of, of, that he had starting a big mega church in Seattle. And, and of course he is, uh, leading a church in Arizona right now, but this isn't to tear apart Mark Driscoll's theology because this was super sound. He said, there are things in this life that God places in this world where we are until Jesus comes back and, and you have to make a choice with them. And he says, you can either receive them. They're things that from God that are good. You can outright reject them, things that are bad. Or can you redeem them? Are there things that you have to redeem? I always think of the internet with that. Like the internet is phenomenal as far as a study tool and the ability to get information right away. But it also provides unlimited access to pornography to everybody mm-hmm. who's got a phone. You know, so, mm-hmm. I mean, so is that a redeemable thing? Though those are great questions, you know. So, are you going to just literally ignore the internet for the rest of your life? Because that's going to make it really hard to get information that everybody else <laughs> has at their fingertips. What do you do with stuff like that? Metal music, you know, is, is it something you just have to outright reject, or is it something you can redeem? I would put it in the redeemable category, but as you say, it's already got a bad rap, mm-hmm. you know. And and so those it's are hard because I wouldn't I wouldn't send somebody there because yeah. I know the pitfalls that are in it. Exactly. And, and so, I mean, that's kind of the deal. And, and we've had, you know, it's why I'm goofy, but it ends up being a good analogy. It's why I'm so careful talking about Mark Driscoll. I don't know that I'd send somebody <laughs> to go yeah. read Driscoll books or listen to Driscoll sermons because some of the stuff I'm like, ooh, you know, and then there's been other stuff that's really solid. And so what do you do? I, I can't, I mean, I'll say that here on the podcast. I can't recommend Mark Driscoll to people. Uh, I don't know where I stole this analogy, but it's always been the deal. Like if you had a glass of water and it had one tiny bit of arsenic in it, would you hand it to somebody? Go here, take a drink. It's only got a little arsenic. You know, some of Driscoll stuff is really weird, mm-hmm. and some of the theology yeah. is good. Mm-hmm. Do, would I would I send you and say you can look at it? I, I trust your discernment in this. Some average person who comes up to me, hey, do you know a good book on this? That, we've talked about this for marriage. Driscoll wrote a book on marriage that was 27 chapters long. I don't know how long it was, whatever. And 26 of the chapters were great. Yeah. And, and one, one of them is... One of them was horrible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And I'm like, well, now I can't recommend this book mm-hmm. to anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's so far off. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so, unless I'm going to tear that chapter out. And, and so that's the thing you have to be super, super cautious with and things like that. So Luckily, that chapter, though... Anybody you mention it to, you just can say that much, and yeah. everybody knows. Yeah, they know which. If they've yeah. read the book, they know which. Yeah, they know exactly which, <laughs> which chapter, chapter yeah. it is. So, yeah. So, how do you do that? How do you caution? So, all this comes back to what again? What I thought was your really, really good question. We're fallen people. We tend to try and and negotiate our way through stuff, and and that's so everybody has a bent. I, I truly do believe that, and and so what do we do? And we're playing this game where with that person, they're bent because it's towards. Something even that's clearly you know a, a sin issue in, in scripture, uh, say Sims extraction. Uh, what's the hot button right now? Gender dysphoria. You know, you see, well, somebody struggles with with an issue like that, and their struggle is so much worse than my struggle with anger. Why is their struggle different? Because it's something that you know. I mean, because literally, if you blew up on somebody in public, people would go, "Oh, that's a big issue," you know. But we hide our anger pretty well normally. Mm-hmm. Um, if my I have addiction with food stuff, I've certainly have had alcohol stuff in the past. You know, like I've I've been that guy. This is not where I was planning on going. Maybe I should script my answers. Um, <laughs> like I've I felt guilty walking out of convenience stores with with food before or candy. I'm like I'm the fat guy that's walking out. Of, you know, and I'm like I'm going to get judged over that. You know, that's my personal deal. I'm, I'm bent that way. And, and so knowing the stuff, and, and I say all this to come back to, there's a passage in Romans 7 
that is phenomenal for people like you or me who have unique bent or struggle, where Paul, I think, just tells on himself. And, and if you're familiar with that passage, he says, you know, man, I know the good stuff I'm supposed to do, but I don't do it. Mm-hmm. Instead, I do this crap that I know I'm not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And, and it is, dude, it's hard reading. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is a super hard passage to slog through. And I've, I've seen commentators and theologians go, well, Paul's talking about his former way of life. Not, I was like, no, he's not. Yeah. <laughs> he's t- He's talking about the struggle that we have being sanctified, living as Christ followers in this flesh carton that is sinful. You know, I'm, I'm positive of that. I couldn't be more positive. But the reality is the end of that passage is so stinking amazing because he, he basically just breaks down. I don't know if Paul's a crier like I am, but I cry every time I read the passage. But he, said, he goes, oh, wretched man. <laughs> I'm going to cry talking about it right now. <laughs> he says, oh, wretched man that I am, who can save me? And the answer is nobody but Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he gets that. Paul gets that. In this struggle, he's not going to come up with something on his own that's going to be able to say, well, I'll never struggle with that again. Don't I wish? But that's not the way that works. The only way it really works is to go, yeah, I struggle with that, so i got to stay away from that. And the only thing that's going to allow me to do that is focusing on Jesus. And so when we recognize that, it, it, it levels the playing field for all those things. A person who struggles with a thing that we personally find reprehensible, that's great, because we don't struggle with that. What about the thing that we struggle with that somebody else might find? You know, we're all in this same boat. Yeah, and, and like, I mean, um, you know, maybe I've not taken, like, super brain-altering chemicals, but just because my addiction is culturally acceptable doesn't exactly. mean it's not an addiction. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, like, I mean, I, you know, I could point the finger at your Diet Coke as I'm <laughs> filling up my Pepsi, you know? You know, you know, <laughs> you diet coke people yeah, are yeah, so bad. Yeah. Give me another Pepsi. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah exactly. No, but but that's the we tend to do that, mm-hmm. and the reason we do that is because we are looking for a comparison that will make us feel good. Yeah, I talked earlier about reject and, and receive and redeem, and and one of the things that is just, I mean, it's a, just a major issue in this world that we live in anymore. And and I don't know if that we could have even foreseen it, but it's this social media deal that now all we do on social media is compare ourselves to somebody else. And it's the stupidest thing going because especially when well, I, I shouldn't call out any particulars, but I mean like a couple of them are really stupid. <laughs> so I won't say by names, which I think. Um, but, but in that, like you see a snippet of somebody's life, you see 15 seconds of somebody's life and it looks fantastic. And, and you think, well, gosh, their life is like that. There's no chance their life is like that. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and, and the reality is they took the best 15 seconds of all their Mm-hmm. I started to say crap again. Is crap a word we can say on the podcast? Because I've said it a couple times. Uh, That's going to be the title. Yeah. <laughs> it's crap a word we can say on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> but that's the deal. We, we look at that and we go, okay, I'm going to boil all my crap down and have the 15 greatest seconds, and now I'm going to present that as that's who I am. Well, that's not who you are. That that you know, I, I see pictures on social media of... People with their lovely smiling families, and we're on vacation at you know Moab, and you know, we went to Yosemite or Yellowstone or like that, and they get this great picture, and you're like, "That's wonderful!" Don't we realize it took them 37 pictures to get that picture? Where yeah, and, and and the other 36 are like, "Shut up and look yeah. at the camera!" Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look at the despondence on the dad's face. <laughs> How forced that smile is. <laughs> and, and that's the thing we have to remember. Everybody mm-hmm. has stuff. Yeah. We live in this world where we're going to face trials. Scripture yeah. could not yeah. be more clear. Yeah. And so do we recognize that the unique yeah. trial that I'm going to face, God wants me to go through that so that I don't lean in on myself, but I instead lean on him. Like, I, I totally get it 
from a knowledge standpoint, it's the experience of going through it. And, and again, you and I were talking uh, at length before this with this back pain issue I'm having. I don't know why I have this struggle. I really don't. But I trust that God knows why, mm-hmm. and there's something I'm supposed to learn in it, mm-hmm. and that's the only thing that's carrying me through mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, because <laughs> otherwise I'm like I, I see where people, you know, and, and I'm not trying to to you know I see why people struggle with addictions with painkillers and stuff like that. Like if I could find something that would t- mm-hmm. <laughs> would take this pain away, I think I'd be on it today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's that kind of thing. Yeah, we just have to be so so careful of putting ourselves in somebody else's shoes with things. like Sometimes that. I'm thankful for those things a little bit. You know, and I'm not I'm not trying to pat my my own back or anything mm-hmm. here, but but uh, you know, like I suffer with headaches. Yeah. Um, it's uh, something I've struggled with since I was a little kid. I, my parents started bringing me to the doctor when I was like three. Yeah. Um, anyway, never been able to figure it out. Like it is what it is. Um, kind of accepted it, but I pray a lot more. Yeah. Honestly, like I, I pray a lot more when I'm suffering with headaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I'm thankful for that. I remember, uh, um, this is just kind of a side story, but I, I remember listening to, uh, um, and he was actually, he's an, actually an apologist, but, um, he was just talking about how quickly we turn back to relying on ourselves and, yeah. you know, and I just related to this cause like, Oh man, you get a headache and you, you know, you pray to God, like, God, would you just take this away from me? And, you know, you take some aspirin and you, you know, I roll around on the couch for a while and, and then the headache goes away and I'm like, aspirin worked. what we do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I mean, no. And, and I had that, uh, of the, Many times I've been to the chiropractor recently where, like, I, I just, the last couple times I've gone, like, norm, and I love my chiropractor, and he's great, um, but, like, the adjustment that I really needed to happen, like, wouldn't happen. And, like, I felt like he was coming off the top ring rope to try and back, and, and like, it hurt, and it didn't work. It didn't put my back in place, you know. And I was like, I'm an idiot because I'm not praying for that. I'm just going, and, and my chiropractor's a yeah. solid Christ follower, and we talk theology. And, I mean, I love the guy. I'm not praying before I go in, God, make this thing work. You know, I think you want to use this doctor to help me. And like I, I literally laid in his little waiting room area there and just prayed this last time. And the adjustment was so good and so and didn't hurt me at all. And again, didn't totally get my back in place, but it was that experience was that much better. That was the prayer. I know that was the prayer. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad God smacked me around and was like, hey, big boy, aren't you supposed to be praying about this stuff beforehand? Yeah. yeah. So those are the kind of things. God uses our uniqueness. He uses the areas where we know we're going to struggle to draw us closer to him. We're just clueless some of the time. But that doesn't mean God has made a mistake in the way he's wired us. It doesn't mean he's made a mistake in, in the things that we're going to struggle with. He's using those things uniquely to draw you and me. Now, yes, th- that's where, like, I, I don't know that I can even go to the next sentence beyond that. That's how unique God is. That's how big God is. That's how incredible God is. And you, and you can throw any superlative and adjective. You know, God can do that for the 8 billion people who live on this planet right now as well as everybody who has lived since the dawn of creation and everybody who will live until Jesus comes back, that's how unique God is. That's how big he is. And it's mind boggling. Mm-hmm. Like I can't, I don't see how he keeps my stuff straight. Mm-hmm. And the idea that he keeps everybody's stuff straight, like smoke just starts coming out of my ears. Yeah. Yeah. But that's like, isn't it helpful for us to have a picture of that's how big, that's how unique, and that's how personal God is? It makes me love him more. Yeah. But it just makes me more in awe of him. Yeah. You know? And so this is the idea, do I fear God in and, and, and that way? Do I revere God for his holiness, for his goodness, for his perfection, and, and for his omnipresence and his omniscience? I, man, I put God in too small a box. <laughs> 
often. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not supposed to do that. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, uh, I mean, I think you could talk to um, Pastor Andrew or I, mm-hmm. um, and the staff here knows. I mean, both both of us struggled with doubt heading into VBS and camp this year. Yeah. Um, and and um, praise God for the prayer team that we have yes. that prayed us through that, because uh, God proved Andrew and I wrong so many <laughs> times, so really, many yeah, times. Great experiences for both those. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, despite both of our doubts. <laughs> um, and, the, you know, just that just being another testament to the church body yeah. and getting people around you to yeah. help you when you... I don't know if there's a way to, to tidy this up, but I mean, since it was your question, that that's the deal. I think you just embrace the fact that you are going to struggle with the way God has fearfully and wonderfully wired you, but just realize he did that. And there's yeah. a reason, and he's going to use that to not only you know deliver you through that and, and help you see how he carries you through trials, but to bring himself glory where you're like, wow, if God can do that, what can't he do? Yeah. yeah. Even if it is on a road trip with me, and then it just makes you appreciate your own music more. You know? <laughs> Listen to my music for an hour, and you're like, yeah, Ooh. yeah. There are some way better songs out there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I laugh and I don't mean to be that guy whatsoever because it was a song that I, I honestly loved go, go, when it first came out a zillion years ago. I tried to listen to, to Christian radio here in the Valley and then we've got you know a station. I'm not going to name it by name. Everybody knows it. And like I, I make it the number one preset in my car and every time I'm in, I listen until they play one song that was recorded like 30 years ago. I'm not lying. And like they, it's like in their playlist all the time. They yeah. play it all the yeah. time. Yeah, there's, there's one song. Um, <laughs> there's one song for me that is that way too. Yeah. And, and like, I mean, again, I love, when the first song came out, I, I loved it. And I truly, like it still, I wish that I didn't have this, but like they play it I'm every other hour. I'm like, I'll listen until that comes. And then I go to something else. Yeah. <laughs> like I can't listen to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I could, I could probably go on about that for <laughs> We need to move forward. It is our number one playlist in our car, too. Let's just leave it at that. Well, uh, I think we'll skip the last question because I think this is a good conversation. I think this leads well, and it was my question anyway, so, like, <laughs> so we're no, okay. no congregants are getting yeah. thrown under the bus here. No, when you guys submit questions, we want to yes, address yeah. those, and we appreciate very much you guys doing that. Please continue to send those questions in. Yeah. I think this does uh, lead us really good into next week, though. Um and and just talking about just a little bit of the the church body and and how important it is for us to have people around us that yeah. that can be encouragement like James has been to me uh, with my question this week. Um, next week we're going to be taking a break from Acts for yeah. a special message about getting getting plugged in. Um, then this goes hand in hand with the connection fair that's also going to be happening um, out in the lobby. Yes. Um, and the theme is is get in the game. Um, and uh, we're, we've we've diligently been been praying for you all, um, but we are also asking that that you be praying about how you can better engage here at OCC. Sure. Um, you know, there there is a, some intentionality of it being a little bit overwhelming when we come in. So if, if that <laughs> if that is something that's over, like uh, you know, try to prepare yourself. Um, a little bit of that is on on purpose, um, but there's a lot of opportunities for you to either get plugged in in a group. Um, or or a place that you can be filled, but also opportunities for you to serve. Yeah. So um, don't feel like it's going to be one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, we're trying to make it as easy as possible for for all. Um, yeah, you know, and and uh, to to be connected. I mean, that's yeah. truly the thing. Where and it'll make the sermon a little. I hope it doesn't feel disjointed. But I mean, that there's a, a strong sense of yeah, we're supposed to get in the game. We're supposed to do this. We're supposed to be connected, but not just because 
Wesley has needs in, in ministry, which you do, for sure. You need a lot of help. And, and I, I think you guys realize that. Like, Wes can't do all the children's stuff himself, nor is he supposed to. So he needs people to come alongside. That is great if you're using those gifts in a way where God is getting the glory and, and you're going to grow in it, but it also helps the church. But, but there's more even than that, because the whole reason you do that is so you can be connected to one another in the body and to the body of Christ. And so there, there's really a much bigger picture. And so, yes, we'll, we'll highlight all these areas where you can jump in and serve, but also areas where you can just be in a small group and, and grow and mature with other believers, because truly that is the biggest part of why we talk about being relationally connected, so we can join in to make disciples who make disciples, so we can truly join God and where he's working. All these things are connected in, in our mind because they're connected scripturally in God's plan for us. So that's why we'll be super intentional this week. And, and again, Wesley mentioned it, and I think it was good to, to mention, it could be a little overwhelming when you hit the connection center. It's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> there's a zillion things going on here. Not because we're trying to pat ourselves on the back about how great a church we yeah. are, how busy we are, but it's because we're looking for every avenue we can to help connect people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there's, there's a little bit of... An, of, of um, we realize there's a little bit of pressure put on because of, of things like this, but but please don't see it that way. It yeah. truly is. We were trying to make it as easy for you to see opportunities there to are for connect. you yeah. to connect and grow. Yep. Um, that that really is is the heart heart behind it. Um, you know, so keep that in the back of your mind, and and please, please. be be praying as you're going into yes. it. You yeah. know, and I hope someday. Uh, People from other churches will be listening to this podcast. I don't know if we can tell that or not, um, you know, from from our metrics. But you know, any church that I mean, get involved in the body. In the body it is so important. It I is. could not agree more. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's all we the time we have for this week. We hope that you've enjoyed this week's midpoint. If you would like to send any questions to the podcast uh, or any thoughts you have, you can do send it. them to yes, please do <laughs> OCC podcast at lewistonocc.org. And uh, if you're around, please join us for services Sundays 9 and 1030. Um, if you're weekend warrior looking for something a little smaller or you're a shift worker, uh, we have a Monday night service that is exactly the same at 7 p.m. as well. Um, hope to see you all very soon. Be well and know that you guys are so loved by all of us here at OCC, by the church body here at OCC. Thank you for joining us here on Midpoint. Amen. See you guys.